Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. Hello, welcome back. This is Series 3, Episode 1. Only got Ryan Mullen here. I can't believe you're finally here, to be honest, because I didn't think it was ever going to come across. I was like, am I going to fuck this up? Is he going to fuck this up? Are you away again? You're not away again? I almost messed up yesterday, didn't I? Yeah, you texted me like three times on the chat, in which every answer was visible. Was it? Do we say Thursday or Wednesday? Yeah. Wait, read the chat. It's one, it's one, it's one message higher. <laughs> then I turned the guys like, "Oh, can we do it for Wednesday?" Wednesday. I'm sure you said. Um, I was like, "Oh no, I fucked up." And he was like, "No, it's fine." So that's really good. So I appreciate them doing that. And it's nice to see Georgina here. Thank you very much for coming. I feel like I know you more than probably know Ryan because of your social media and you've just been away, haven't you? You've been to... Maldives. Maldives. Got back at seven o'clock this morning. God, I can't believe... So you got back... And it was, what, 22 hours? 22 hours door to door. We had a little game to see who could get the closest. The Yorkshire Grits Podcast. Really? I had 21 hours. She had 22. It was like 22 hours and 15 minutes door to door. And you stopped at Doha, didn't you, for a little bit? Yeah, Doha for a few hours, yeah. Hot holiday, good? That was amazing, yeah. Curry, was it? What sort of food is out there? I don't know. Mix of everything, really, innit? We're in a resort, like an all-inclusive resort, so yeah. kind of had... You had Chinese food, you had Indian food, then you had like your fish and chips. Do you feel that, like that's done you some good? Do you need that kind yeah. of like break? Yeah, definitely. I mean, after the year me and G have had, like we bought a house, got married, got a dog. We had a busy year and I have not actually had a holiday since 2012. I went, I went to Turkey with my mates for a week. Just had like a, boo- a boozy week in Turkey. That was the last time I was away. I actually like stress-free, just enjoying myself on a beach kind of thing. I suppose a common misconception with being a professional cyclist that you are is that you travel around the world, don't you? And most people would be like, fuck, I'd love to do that. But it's not a holiday, is it? It's kind of the opposite of holiday, being in like a... What's that like, you know, being in a hotel room and maybe not necessarily being able to have a beer, people watching you in the room with someone you might not get on with when you just want to be at home with Georgina and the dog? And Is that tough? Yeah, it is. I mean, like... Yeah, you go, you go to all these amazing places, but you don't ever get to take it in. I mean, the last stage of the Giro that I did a few years ago, we did like a couple of laps of the Coliseum. I didn't even know we were at the fucking Coliseum. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I didn't even know it was there. Just trying not to die in the bunch. And I just didn't actually even know we were there. And then there's another stage at Lake Garda. Didn't even know we were at Lake Garda. Like one of the most beautiful places in the world. Didn't even know we were there. You're joking. Now, honestly, I just get off the bus, have like 18 espressos, try not to get dropped on the first climb of the day get back to the bus in a, in a heap and then just like have a sleep on the way to the hotel, get off, eat, massage, shower, all that. Just don't actually take it in. I, I read someone else said that. Someone else said about you don't take it in. I suppose the same as, you know, if you go for a four or five hour ride when you're training, I suppose you do appreciate the scenery a bit, yeah. but you never go, isn't this a lovely place to train? And I said, but when you go walking, do you ever go walking? Uh, I do now, since I met Georgina, yeah. I, I used to hate walking. I fucking hate walking. Like, mum and dad always like, walking, walking. But then when lockdown happened, that's all you could do. Mm, all yeah. you could do on a Sunday was walk. But when you walk, you take stuff in. Yeah, Because yeah, it's yeah. slower. Yeah. But do you find with, I suppose when you're racing, you've got, like, no time to, like, go, oh, nice here, isn't it? This is a cool place. Or have you ever had a moment where you're like, no, nah, this is actually unbelievable. I'm so lucky to... I don't know, the nice places tend to be hilly places and I'm never having a good time, so I don't ever count myself lucky that I'm in a nice place when I'm a hard rate to 190 and I'm breathing out of my arsehole trying not to get dropped, so no, is the answer to that. You're quite, um, you're very honest. Like, I don't claim to know you that well, but even though I think, you know, you are a proper sound, but you're really honest about on your Instagram and your, 
you know, you don't try and like pretend you can climb and you don't try and pretend <laughs> it, it's fun. You're yeah. quite, you're quite honest about how much it sucks. And I was always a big lad, wasn't I? Yeah. And, um, climbing is is hard what's it like though in a race when because i've never had to kind of like do time limits and i've never kind of had to worry about our oh, group heroes and but is, is that something that you're quite used to now is it just because there aren't that many flat stages are there in no the not anymore now it's getting harder every year as well like sprint stage now we'll have three thousand meters of climbing in it and it's just normal but yeah fortunately enough i'm not the worst climber in the peloton so i'm never really in massive danger of the time limit i've had a few close calls in the past but like you never actually hanging onto the side of the car, trying to make time limit kind of thing. But there has been a few, few like I remember tour of, I toured a Swiss in 2017, me and Taylor Finney went up this like two hour climb and we just took it dead easy because we thought we had 40 minutes. Like you're not going to lose 40 minutes in one climb, but yeah, we lost like 39 <laughs> minutes and 55 <laughs> seconds on that climb. So and we actually, the only reason I remember that is because last week when I was at this new Bora team bonding camp, we went up the exact same climb to a ski station. And were you cycling? Well, no, we were, we were skiing, skiing. Um, like last week. And then um, I remember going through this tunnel at the top. It was only like maybe a K long, but because it was like 10% through the tunnel, it took us about an hour to get through it. Came out of the tunnel with like a vitamin D deficiency. It was, it was so dark and then came out and then we my other teammates were there like shouting us down the hill uh saying time limit time limit so we just sprinted to the line we made time cut by like 30 seconds <laughs> it's a completely different world that you don't see mm. is, isn't it yeah you know we just see who's won mm. well no that's not fair to say that you, you know but you don't see the people finishing we well, see Cav sometimes don't you when he's like trying to but then that's because people want to watch him and like fucking suffer and get up a climb and like make the time cut but is it still fucking hard is it like outrageously hard to still make it or does it just completely depend on the stage? I mean, some days it's easy. Yeah, I mean, some days it's not a risk at all, but like some, you have the big, the big hard queen stages of like the Grand Tours and the heart. Because like you did the Giro, didn't you? I've done the Giro, yeah. But I was actually never in any risk of time cut ever there. I mean, some races tend to have bigger percentage time cuts, like the Giro is known to have quite generous time cuts, but then you have races run by ASO, which obviously involves the Tour de France. And they're a bit... They're a bit tighter, I think. They have a few percent less, I think. I've never done them at all, so but that's what I've heard. What was the Giro like as an experience? Was that your first, that's your first Grand Tour? Was first and only. Every year I was supposed to do one, but something's come up. Like uh, in 2019, I got tendonitis in my knee, so I had to, I got sidelined there. And then last year, 2020, I was meant to do the Giro, but then with coronavirus, the whole calendar got reshuffled and then the Giro clashed with the classics. And I obviously had to do the classics. And then this year, went to the Giro again, and then I had a back spasm. The muscles in my back during the classic spasmed up, so I was ready to do it, but the team didn't want to risk it in case it happened again. Funny you say that, right? Not to make this about me, because this is about you. I'm having to see a chiropractor on Friday because my back is fucked. Like, you wouldn't think how much it can, like, it can really ruin your life. Yeah, I couldn't walk for, like, three days. I, I had to start Tour of Flanders, and I couldn't walk. You did Tour of Flanders, but you couldn't walk. I did 17Ks of Tour of Flanders. Because <laughs> you, you couldn't press on the pedals. You just... I just couldn't couldn't really do more than like what, 500 watts. And you need to be able to do more than 500 watts in the first couple of Ks of Flanders anyway. But I was just, I couldn't, I was limping to breakfast, like curled up in a ball in bed. And it was really bad. Is that, do you reckon that's because of your position? Or do you reckon it was just... I'm hypermobile. So like all my joints are like really bendy and do things they shouldn't do. So like... It's a good thing in terms of flexibility, but then in terms of like how things can come out of alignment quite quickly is a problem for me. And just if I'm on a really soft bed, I just wake up with a sore back because my whole spine will just bend into, it. into the bed. And then that's that's when I got the problems. And then we're in this uh, hotel in Belgium, which we are every year. It's a great hotel, but the beds are super soft and I always have problems there. And it's only like in the last year that 
Georgina sorted me out with a company called Labatex and they helped me out big time, actually. I'm sure Georgina is like your PA. I don't think she's just your wife. Yeah, I think, she does everything for me, yeah. I think there's something you're not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at me. I need, I need someone to help me get dressed in the morning. Right, look. So, so you're from the Wirral, from Liverpool, growing up. Because football's obviously massive in Liverpool, like huge. But why cycling? Was that just, you know, because you are, like, you're born to be on a bike, aren't you? Like how you look and, you know, you just physically just like, you know. Supreme. You're like an Adonis, like you're fucking from like granite. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I couldn't imagine you doing any other sport. But talk us through the riddle, mate. Born in Birkenhead. And then, talk uh, like that though, don't they? Yeah, it's horrible actually. <laughs> My brother sounds like that. He probably, <laughs> probably listened to this podcast, but he sounds like a twat. <laughs> oh, because you said he's he's training, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been riding now. We used to ride years ago when we were kids, like when we both started out at the same time. I was, I think, twelve, he would have been ten. I just stayed doing it and got around now, but then he he stopped when he was 12, 13, and then just took it back up two years ago, or a year and a half ago, and he's made massive progress. I coached him for a year. Now he's been coached by um, a Cycling Island coach. And yeah, he's doing really well. I rode the Nationals there with me there the other week. And does he live in, where, do, where does he live? He's on the Wirral, yeah. He's on the Wirral. Yeah. How, how old is your brother? He's 25. 25. Yeah. So you both uh, grew up together Yeah. on the Wirral. Talk us through that to the Sigma days. I got all Sigma days where I fell in love with Matt Cronshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Cronshaw, I was on the same team as him for a year. He's a... Uh, no one had a buff like him, like a like when he could attack like a sprint, he was fucking rapid. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Real good. I've still not seen anyone who can do that. Yeah, so talk us through the early days. What like what was that like? It was good. I mean, as soon as I started riding a bike, I've actually, as sad as it sounds, never wanted to do anything else. So like when I was 12, 11, 12, 13, when I first started up with my dad, um, just started watching Tour de France TV and thought, yeah, I want to do this. So I want this to be my job. I never yeah. actually gave anything else a look in whatsoever. What about school though and stuff and it college? Did, yeah, I actually got into university, but I just didn't go. Um, Which uni? UCLan to do business studies and marketing. Went to go there. Quite serious. Like, I, I can imagine you being quite business savvy. You know, you're or just money hungry. <laughs> you got a nice Rolex on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, and what, you just fucked off uni? You were just out training? Yeah, well, I was... I, did my A-levels. I was clever enough to not, not make it into uni. So, But I remember when I just really, really wanted to do Freshers Week. That's all I really, that's all I really wanted to go to uni for. <laughs> but then I went to the World, the World Championships in Valkenburg in 2012. And that's right when I was meant to start the first Freshers Week or whatever it's called, semester, whatever it's called. Freshers Week. I remember Freshers Week. Fucking hell. And yeah, I missed it. And I thought, well, I've missed that. What's the fucking point now? So I just didn't go. Really? Yeah. Miss Freshers Week sacked it off. I was like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> but then actually a month later, I got my contract with Sigma. So you miss Freshers Week and you thought, no, uni's not for me. As <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sad as that sounds. Sorry, I like, I don't know if I respect that massively, but fair play. Because <laughs> I remember Freshers Week. Yeah, I watched it. American Pie. That's all yeah. I wanted. It was like, uh, what was Freshers Week for, for me? It was just, I wasn't a massive drinker back then. Like my problems came a lot later. <laughs> but yeah, I was never really, I could drink one night. But Freshers Week was was it? It was two weeks, wasn't it? A week or two weeks? I don't know. Of just is. constant yeah. debauchery and just. And I remember <laughs> going, oh, "This ain't for me." But uh, maybe I should have with hindsight. And then, so the Sigma thing came about. Yeah. Because I remember racing against you when you were at Sigma. Tour of the Fens. Yeah, I remember that was a good race. That fuck that race was. That was my first like proper race. I finished. I was buzzing. Two hundred k, that wasn't it? Yeah, well, fuck it was two hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> were you a little bit? Were you a little bit nervous on the morning? Were you a little bit like fuck? 
it was weird because I, I changed coach midway through that year to Brian Nugent. He's actually coming to a wedding party in two days. Um, he uh, he was a cycling island head coach at the time. I haven't been invited. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking know you. He's not joking. So, so go on. You were you changed coach. Yeah, I changed coach, and it was a really, really good coach. And a coach for like four years after that point, five years even. And he just rejigged everything and said, "I want you to use because I wanted to win nationals like a week after Circuit Defence." So he started coaching me around end of May. And you did, didn't you? I won the Yonder Twenty Three yeah. uh, DT, and then. Uh, no, it was 13. Yeah, one of the other 23 TT. But I just wanted to go well. I wanted, he wanted to have like a big hit out to get ready for nationals. So I just like, rather than putting pressure on myself in terms of getting a result for the team, Sigma, I just changed it and wanted to do a good performance for myself for confidence. And then I actually ended up doing one of the brass races of the year. Different mindset, it just helped. This is just a fleeting memory of Circuit the Fence because it was that uh, UK youth, wasn't it? Yeah, the UK Postal. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember that rumor going about. And I got up the road early doors with Tom Barris and another lad. And we were like, mate, I had a hard on. I was like, fuck it, I'm in the break at a Prem. I was like, I've already been waiting five years to do it because I couldn't finish Prems. I don't give a fuck. I don't what think any- I even finished the Prem until that race. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Prems are shit because <laughs> so hard. They're so hard that they're, they're, they're number one, the organizer tries to make them as hilly as they can. Yep. They do. And two, there isn't a time, there is no bubble. If things like, what, four minutes, five minutes in a Prem, maybe six or seven max, you can finish behind the thing. Like a normal bike race is what, 10%? Yeah. yeah. I've finished I've finished 45 minutes down before. But because it's circuits, yeah, you can't, and they try and always pull you out. And I remember something like seven or eight Prems I didn't finish in a row, and people would always go, not getting around. Not getting around. Like people like Tom Moses, like just demoralizing me. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck. He lives in Merthyr now, so who's the real winner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I was just thinking, what is my life? I can't get around the Premier calendar. But then it all kind of clicked at Toro Defence. And uh, yeah. I remember getting up the road and then you, Tom Stewart, and I think you came across with them, didn't you? I remember being in an early split because I. You must have had to come across with them. Joe Parrott was our leader that day. So weird, I remember this. How good How good was he, by the way? Oh, he was so strong. He won Rydale and he was like massive. Yeah, he's 80 kilos, <laughs> wasn't he? He's bigger than me. How did he win Rydale? He was just strong. Wasn't he? He, was dead. he was just dead good, wasn't he? He was a European champion, wasn't he, in the TT? Fuck. As a junior, I think. Was he? Or so, yeah, I think so, yeah. But I, I remember being with you briefly, but then they put it in the gutter. Yeah. And like, I couldn't ride echelons, didn't know how to do it. And I was like... Phew. I still don't. No. <laughs> And uh, I got spat, and I remember there was only like 21, uh, 26 finished that day. No one else finished. And you got, where did you, I thought you won it. No, no, I didn't. Marson, Marson Bielablocki won it. I was in the break, and we had like four minutes. And then the whole UK postal team came across in about fucking three minutes. Bridged <laughs> the four minute gap in about three minutes. It was unreal, wasn't it? It was insane. It was, it was ridiculous. They just came across and just fresh daisies. I'd been I'd been away probably like 100 120k at this point, and I just sat on him. I said I'm, I'm I just said I was fucked, and then just sat on him, and then then the Anto Barker was there. Right, how strong is he? He is really good, isn't he? He was real cool. Everyone on that team, like me and Cronshaw, uh, I remember we had a joke about it. Like you had to have like a certain shape calf to be on that team because they all had massive ripped legs. They were Nick all, they were all Gustafs brown. And, and, yeah, and um... how good did he look on a bike? He was so brown. <laughs> He's <laughs> so tanned. <laughs> yeah, but no one looks better. No, I think Josh Edmondson. Agreed, Gab, yeah. Gab's colleague, when he, because he's just fucking like a bodybuilder on a bike. Strong, in it. And you are all like, 
I can't think of three people who I'd rather like. I don't want to look Chris y- Room. Yeah, or yeah. Y- like Yanni Brakovic or someone like. Is it Yanis Brakovic? Yeah, he was skinny as well. Yeah, you know, later came out had an eating disorder, shock horror, cyclist with an eating disorder. <laughs> but anyway, I would love to have looked like that. But yeah, no, I completely agree with what you say about that UK youth team. They were fucking like they had, they had to be lit. Like I don't care what anyone <laughs> says because there's no, there's no real testing in the UK really. But I remember you because I tried to get on that Sigma team. A guy, George Harper, I think, because he was quite good. Like George oh, yeah, George was good. Yeah. George, he was like, I can see why they picked him ahead of me. Handsome as well. Um, <laughs> but I remember you, you were going places back then. Like you were literally the next big thing, like the next deal. And then you went to, then you went to Ampost, didn't you? Yeah, right after that season, yeah. What was that like? Was that? That's weird, like when you look back. But I remember thinking, even a year before I joined Sigma, I was thinking Ampost was the coolest team around. Well, like, I, thought I thought it was. I thought it was, that's as good as it'll ever get for me. Because it was what, Kurt Bog- was it Nico Wekow? Nico Wekow, Kurt Bogart, yeah. Was he your coach, Nico Wekow? No, no, I was still coached by Brian, uh, the Irish coach, the whole time I was in Ampost, because I did a bit of track as well at that time. Was was he on the team, Nico? Was he- He'd just retired that, I think he retired in 13. He's so cool, isn't he? Rambo? Yeah. I, just, I met him once at a Kermes, and uh, I was racing next to him, and uh, I had to go up to him before the race, and I went, look, you know, I just want to say... You are a fucking hero. Because if anyone's seen Dwarves Door of Lander in 2009, with you, Kevin Van Imper, Standard Boonen and Hausler, in the pissing rain, that is the go-to. I don't care what anyone says. That's, I've said it before on here. That's the go-to video. Yeah. Just hitting each other. Hausler's hands. The, they're so cold. He's like, you know, when you <laughs> shake your hands. to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thrived in the bad weather, didn't he, Nico? Just a hard man. Well, they called him Rambo. Yeah. He, he basically won everything in Belgium apart from... Apart from like the big stuff, which I can't really get my head around, because you would have thought if you win everything, you I, I don't quite get that. I remember Kerr saying he won everything in the rain because he had a pollen allergy or something. Oh, really? So like the guy was cleaner. Like when he won the Belgian nationals, it was pissing down. I'm so glad someone said that because I used to love racing in the rain. I felt like I could breathe. Yeah, I know a few guys. I've got a teammate called Emils, and he's the same. He's got really bad uh, pollen allergies and grass allergies. So whenever it rains, he's just He's got like another leg. But Ampost, you're on the same team as as my friend Josh Edmondson. Yeah. And um, he looked impeccable, didn't he? Yeah, he was cool, yeah. He, he, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, And he won that stage that we were just talking about, weren't we, to yeah. Azerbaijan. Were you like, wow, how's he done that? I knew he was good because he came straight from Sky, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah no, he, he was did, in yeah. Sky and uh, was he was it 13 and 14 he was in Sky? Or just 12, what? no, was it 11 and 12 or 12, 13? He was on Ampost in 15. And then did he... Yeah, did Ampost an NFTO? Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. But I remember thinking uh, it was the dog's bollocks back then. Well, he won that stage, he just like <laughs> fucked off on it. Like, a, like it was like the last 3K of a race, just like, just I, left. Yeah, I know, he was such a talent. Like I remember Bradley Wiggins saying on Eurosport one time that he, he could have won the Tour de France. He could have, he was that good. Yeah. So Ampost, you kind of cut your teeth. Yeah. You got some really good results. Is that when you wanted to be... I say you wanted to be a time trialer because in your early days you were, that's what you focused on, wasn't it? Was yeah. that, is that what you kind of loved? It's the first, first bike race was a, a time trial, 10 mile time trial, my road bike. Was it? Just got into it. And then just every week just tried to go. I think my first, I did a road bike 10 and I was 12 years old. I did 25 minutes or something. And I got told that was a really good time. But then the guy who won did a 22 and I was pissed off. 
Didn't care the fact but that, that he was, was the, 30. I was 12, he was 35. Just wanted to win. So that was your first ever bike race. It was a 10-mile town trial yeah. on a road bike. Just rocked up. Yeah, rocked up. No air or nothing. Had a, t a pink T-Mobile jersey on and Velcro no, shoes. Yeah, T-Mobile. Yeah. So you must have been good. Like You must have naturally been good at cycling. You must have known that from an early age, that you felt different to other people. And not really, because I was never tactically any good. When I finally got into like proper racing, I was going up against G's brother, Jake. And he was he was really good back then. He used to just kick my head in every week. But I just didn't know how to race because I used to go on the turbo every day before school at the age of like 13, 14 and just smash out an hour as hard as I could. Just no warm up. Just looking at a reflection in the microwave. <laughs> Turn the radio on. Bit of Beyonce, single ladies coming on in 2009. <laughs> just smashing myself for an hour. Then going to school. Yeah, that's, that's how I trained. And then I got told to do a bit of track to learn how to ride a bike properly. Did a bit yeah. of track. Yeah. Hated it, to be honest, because I wasn't, I, I just wasn't that comfortable not having breaks. And then I think everyone goes through that. But then I kind of got into it, got a bit better, then picked up a few medals in the Europeans and then a couple of top fives of the world. But yeah, I always kind of missed the medals. You got a fifth in 2016, didn't you, at the um, World Time Trial Championships? Yeah. Would you, would you say that's like one of your highlights? Would you say that day is something you like? There's only four people in the world who were better than you were on, you know, on, on that day, yeah. I'd say, yeah, I mean, in terms of the field, that would have been my best result, yeah. But there's, I think there's other results I'm more proud of. Like coming second in the under-23 world, I, was, I think I was more proud of that because I only lost by like half a second. But I think I actually got more PR than the guy who won. Uh, really? Wow. Because I lost by 0 0.4 of a second. That's, that's pretty hard to take, it's, isn't it? It still hurts to talk about, to be honest. Does it? All I want is a rainbow jersey. Really? You know, it's slipping away every year now. The Ampost thing, you got some good, good results and you got picked up. What was it like being pro then those first few years? Like, What was that change like? Was it something that you slipped into really easily? Or did you struggle? I struggled the first year, definitely. I mean, it, it was really daunting for me because joining teams with like guys who I watched on TV and idolised, so it was like really scary but i think every rider every young rider who comes into a team now has that i mean like last week when i was with bore i was in the room with a neo pro and he was saying the exact same thing and i just for the first time in my life i felt like an old bastard did you yeah because i was like talk i was giving someone advice on what i used to do it's like oh pretty sure it was like only last week that it was the other way around but yeah it's been six years now since i've been in the world tour so because it was cannondale wasn't it cannondale yeah was that iran was he there iran no he came did he go in 17 who did you get on with at Cannondale? Who was like, who's a standout person? Got on real well with Dylan Van Baal and Sebastian Langeveld. Did you? Uh, yeah. Still friends with them now. Every time I've always talked to them. He, he doesn't move on a bike, that Dylan Van Baal, does he? Oh, he's insane. He's so class, isn't he? Is he? Just is he? rock. Just like solid as a rock, yeah. And what's he like? Is he sound? Yeah, he's dead sound. Loves to drink. Does he? <laughs> yeah. quite, he's quite talented. He's quite yeah, he's dead, dead. As a beer? Yeah. He really loves it. Well, he did, he did back. Uh, last time I had a drink with him was at the Yorkshire Worlds, and we both just came on pissed drunk swaying in the road really <laughs> yeah see yeah uh, because the world's was was that harrogate harrogate yeah fucking hell that was some day that one it's it? grim yeah where'd you begin with that do you think they should have had it on or do you think it was just like too much well they they had to shorten it didn't they because the bridge over grinton was uh, uh, uh collapsed on the way back so uh, you had to knock some off i don't remember that actually i mean rings a bell i can't remember if that was a women's race though or our race I don't no, it was the men's, that's Shawnee. Well, did they? Yeah, yeah. They, well, they extended, they did something. You just did an extra lap around that, you know, that grim finishing circuit yeah. you had to do. I didn't even do a lap of that in the race. Do you know? <laughs> no. I'd literally only be back on the bike for, I think, two weeks. That was the year I had tendonitis. So, um, yeah, I literally was off the bike from first week of July or mid-July until two weeks before Worlds. And then did Worlds. 
So I just, I just tried to look after Sam because all I'd done was TT training. I just did two weeks of TT training, like just riding like just a flat, steady pace kind of thing. And then, yeah, not ready for a road race whatsoever. Never mind 240, 50K, whatever it was. So I just did like 130K on the front with uh, just riding next to Rowan Dennis with Sam on the wheel because it was all I could do. Rowan Dennis, what's he like? Is he so- He's also dead Sam. We had, me and G had kind of spent Christmas Day with him, him and his wife Did and uh, his son Oliver. Kept that quiet, didn't you? Yeah. And is Sam Bennett, is he someone who you, like, because you're going to be on the same team as him next year yeah. on the board team with Lacol Cloven? Yeah, yeah. Yanto, have you seen him? Have you seen I, him? No, I haven't, I haven't seen him yet, no, but I'm, yeah, keen to say hi. Jamba Circuit the fans. He still ripped the fuck. Is he? He's just a fucking machine. The guy's a machine. He tried to do Beaumont Trophy. Like, he's, he's doing like six hours a week training. Really? And he's like, I'm going to do Beaumont Trophy, Premier Conda. He's like, can you maybe like drive the team car or something? And I was like, man, I'll do anything for you. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, remember, I remember he got really upset with me actually in circuit defense because i just sat on for like 40 minutes yeah. letting, letting everyone else do the work and then i just started hitting them like 10k to go oh no he's um no he's class so you're at so you're at cannondale you and then the trek thing came and you you've been a trek for quite a while haven't you yeah four seasons yeah so how did the trek deal come about well i was in cannondale i obviously got fifth in the world then a couple of other top tens, World Tour top tens in Torino and Tour de Suisse, and then I had third in the European. So does that help with negotiating? Definitely, yeah. Also being a young rider and having a fifth as a neo pro and a third in the Europeans uh, definitely helped. I mean, I think, I think those two results alone got me onto track. The goal was when I went to track was just focus on TTs and try and win TTs. And went there, won the first TT of the year, a road, a road bike TT. San, that San Luis one? San Juan, yeah. San Juan. Wow. What what was that like? You must have been buzzing. Yeah, I was buzzing, yeah. But I remember... Because you put away some people that day. Yeah. Beat Ghana by 30 seconds and 15K. Ghana? Yeah, he was second, yeah. Oh, so many things I want to talk to you about. Fuck. Quickly, right, what do you think of Ghana? What do you think about him? Like, that town trial he did, a, was it the Giro or the Tour de France? I think it was with the Jerry's not on the tour, I don't think. The prologue at the beginning? Yeah. Isn't that the fastest ever? Like, he was literally a motorbike, wasn't he? Oh, he's so good now, yeah. I think, I don't, I don't think Was he... it 35, 36, 35 points, something mile an hour, 36 miles an hour for something like seven or eight minutes? That sounds about right, yeah. Sounds right. So how'd you do that? How'd you... How'd you... <laughs> I don't know, I've never done that. I have no idea. I just know he produces an insane amount of power. But I don't think his power may not have changed too much in the last few... In, well, since I was... Because I remember actually catching him in the Glasgow Europeans. He was a minute ahead of me. I caught him with like 6K to go. And then he goes to Ineos and then he's the double world champion now. But I'm not, not implying anything by saying that, but I just think they realized how, what kind of potential he had and they made him like super aero. Because obviously that's the biggest part of the game now. Um, well, look, Ryan, before we go any further, that is something I want to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> you know, that is a separate topic. It's almost taboo. <laughs> <laughs> so San Luis... You won that. That's like the first race, race of the year, isn't it? What was the first race, yeah. I remember very arrogantly saying to Yaroslav Popovich, who was another hero of mine when I was growing up as well. He was the director there at the race. And we're all at the December training camp in Sicily, the first, uh, first camp of track. It's December, so guys, like we all have a drink. We have a one or two nights in the week where before every rest day, we just like, just send it pretty hard. Send it. Send it, yeah. <laughs> What's it? Is it like a drinking culture in cycling or not? Or, or does everyone just try and hide it? It does seem to be around me anyway. I don't know. I'm I'm fond of a, a drink. Yeah. Because I don't think it does anything wrong to you. No. I mean, time and a place. You could, obviously don't do it the day before a race, but when you can, when you can afford it. And you obviously got to choose your moments, but like off season is usually a big blur and a headache for three weeks. But 
been quite good this time around. Full send. Yeah. Well, you got Georgina on you. She yeah, yeah. keeps you on your toes, doesn't she? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Whip me into shape. <laughs> what was it like at Trek? Because you just left them after four years and you put a really nice post up, didn't you, about, you know, you made some great friends there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, some like, actual like friends for life. So, yeah. I mean, I had a great time in Trek and I had a, an option to stay. I, got, I was offered another contract, but I would have a bad word to say about Trek. I loved it there and it was actually a hard decision to leave, but... I think just in terms of self-motivation, I think doing changing would do my head some good because uh, I think you don't go stale or stagnant, but obviously you got a new employer, new teammates, you represent a new brand. You got that extra two or 3% motivation to like dig a bit deeper, right? get over one more climb, or I will take this risk in this corner to stay in position. But I think in track, they just knew what they, they got from me kind of thing. And that, obviously my motivation was still really high, of course, because we had... Had like amazing leaders like with Mads and Jasper still even like the What was it like being on the team with Mads Pedersen and Jasper? Oh, it was great. What it was absolutely well, great. Yeah. What are they like as guys? What amazing. Just lads. Oh yeah. Oh some so many funny stories, but go on, tell us. Because yeah. <laughs> the uh the Milan San Remo, that's something that sticks out. Was that would you say that's I know not personal glory, but is that an, is that a moment that you'll always cherish like one of the highlights of my career? Really? Honestly, yeah. Such a nice thing to say that, mate, because it's not, you know, it's not self-centered, like, you know what I mean? That's, that's a nice thing for you to say that. Yeah, but I mean, I also know my place. Like, I'm not paid to win races. I'm paid, like, I'm, I'm not a leader. Like, I just know, obviously, the, the ambition to win is there, of course. Um, and I'll, I've got my days where I get my chances, so I take them. So what, tell us about Milan San Remo. Like, what was your, were you told you had to do a certain? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm just really good friends with Jasper. I mean, we've. Yeah, as soon as we came to the team, we just got on like a house on fire along with along with Mads as well. So we had our own little clicky group and yeah, we just, yeah, I jumped before the boss for them basically. But uh, my job was just to look after Jasper from kilometer zero. So anytime he had a puncture, which he seemed to have a lot that day, anytime <laughs> he needed to piss, which again, it seemed to be a lot. It's like, mate, you got diabetes or what? Yeah, really. <laughs> like he just, just kept, kept, just kept pissing the whole time. I was bringing him back. And because it was like such a long race, you're trying to like really not do any accelerations. So the morning of Milan San Remo, like that's a bit different to tour the fens. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's people listening today who are going to be, you know, they won't ever, ever train 300 kilometers, let alone race 300 kilometers. What are you told on the morning? Like, are you shitting yourself? Are you bothered? Actually, actually no, because it's actually a really relaxed race until the last uh, 100k. It's not a parade. I mean, you've still got your your pinch points and you've got the... Is it boring? No, it's really weird because you say, oh yeah, we do, we, I raced 300k, but it doesn't feel like it at all. The roads are really fast and it's flat. So you're just ticking along doing 100 watts in the bunch for 40k an hour. Well, is, is it that easy? Just Yeah, it, is, it actually really is an easy race. It's like they say it's the easiest race to finish, but the hardest to win because of the, how, the, how lumpy the final is and how key positioning is. Um, especially when you get onto like the Chipresser and the Poggio. God, it's so cool that you've done these things. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, Milan San Remo. It's... When did you leave Jasper? Bottom of Chipresser. That was mm. where my job ended. He just had to be in a good position for Chipresser. And that's like, I think Chipresser, uh, could be wrong, 25k to go. And then the Poggio is like, what, seven or eight? Okay. It's just right I'd say, I'd say it's 10k to go to the bottom, maybe. Is it? It's like two, two, is it 3k's, and then 3k's down, and then 3k's to finish, something like that. Did you yeah. think he could win it? Did, did you think that? If he played this cards right, yeah. I really believed in him. Yeah, I really, I know I know he's he is one of the best riders in the world. Do you think? And I know on those like short, like anything less than 10 minutes, he can stay with the best. And he's a big guy as well. He's like my, he's my build. He's another guy you'd love on a bike. Got really? massive legs, doesn't move, just... 
gets on with it. And is he is he hard? Yeah, dead is hard. He? he was definitely like second hardest in his year in school. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on missing you that, don't I? Yeah. I'm third hardest in my year in school. I always say it to people, like it just stuns them. They don't know what to say. You put that on my CV. <laughs> I was fifth hardest in my in my year six class. Yeah, someone goes, you're right, mate. Are you doing? Yeah, fuck off, mate. I was third hardest in my year at school. What are you going to do? <laughs> like third hardest and they just start laughing. <laughs> Who's harder, him or Mads Pedersen? Ooh. I say Mads is actually in terms of the bad weather. I think probably Mads. He's just Danish, like a big Danish seal. He just doesn't get cold, doesn't he? Nah. He, he, well, he will look at look at Harrogate. You won that. <laughs> fucking it. That yeah. yeah. How I remember watching that and just being like, fucking these guys are sick. Yeah. No. Mads is Mads was he's insane. Like a slight, slightest little drop of rain, he's licking his lips. He loves it. And he's like, he's pretty much a sprinter as well. Yeah, he really worked on it. He really, really worked on it actually in the last two years and he's really made some huge progression. He's like, um, he can kind of do it all, I suppose. Yeah. Because did he win Gen Revel again? Was it this year or was it? No. 2020, yeah. He won, won Gen Revel again, yeah. That was unbelievable. Like, because I went to Belgium, didn't race, just did a little tour on Ryan, you know. And uh, we went up the Kemmelberg, which is for Gen... Um, have you been up it? Yeah, yeah. Right, well, that's like, should be fucking illegal because I'm riding up it on my training bike. We did both sides. And I'm like, this, how you do that, I just, I just don't know. Let alone charging in. These are little things on TV that you just don't see. Yeah. Like literally the front wheel of the camel faster you, faster you go, the easier it is actually though, as mad as that sounds. Really? Yeah. doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's like Cobbles and Roubaix as well. Faster you go, the smoother they feel. Yeah, I just think that Camelberg thing, like anyone who does that, like a Tim Hart here. Because like my, uh, my mate Scott Waits, you know Scott? Yeah. He... You know, just seems like this lad from Leeds, this Yorkshire lad, you know, dead nice. And if you look at his results, like 16th at Flanders, another top 20 at Flanders, second at Le Salmon, 10th at Umlot at Newsplat. And like, people won't know what wars he's been in, will they? Oh, yeah, they're hard <laughs> races. That March, April period is probably in terms of a spectating point of view, the best of the year. But for, to be in it, it's horrible sometimes. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it can be. Like, where do you see yourself? Because you've got this new Bora thing and it's going to be... You know, you're gonna be with your mate Sam. He's a good mate of yours. And, yeah. Um, and who's the other Irish guy? The mullet guy. The uh, he's he's Kiwi. He's, he's just ki- a, he's adopted Irish now though. And is is he a mate of yours? Yeah, yeah, Shane. Yeah, I get is, on well. Is he sound? Yeah, dead sound. Yeah. So be all three. Of you. Anyone from the Southern Hemisphere is just dead sound. Be like you three on the back of the bus. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. This is the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. So, 2022 coming up, Bora. You're going to be with Sam and stuff like that. Did you know about that? Did you both message each other like on WhatsApp? Like, oh, you're going to go to the state? Uh, well, to be honest, it kind of came through Sam. He was really keen to work with me because I'd, I kind of stepped away from the TT uh, in the last couple of years and just kind of focused more on classics and lead outs. Now, I was naturally just quite good at it. And then, like, obviously, like I, I said earlier, I went to track to try and win TTs, but then I just kind of fell into the lead out classics role. And then the two physiologies don't really go hand in hand. You can't be explosive and punchy, but then be good at TTs. Well, I, I can't anyway. Some people like you got Walt Bernard and can, but I couldn't. So kind of stayed clear of TTs and then just like went down the lead out classics road. And that's kind of how this came about, the whole Bora thing. So yeah, Sam was keen to work with me and that's how it came came about. Because there was a period of time where I was watching you in the classics and you were on the front all the time. That's what I do. You you were on the front. Like that sort of stuff doesn't bother you. You don't mind ducking, diving, shoulders, breaks, you know, that you're quite used to that. You quite like it. No one enjoys it. Anyone says they do enjoy it just fucking lying because it's horrible when you're in the mix it's once you're in that washing machine it's awful you just got to try and get out of it and that's why i'm on the front because i'm, I'm not in it 
How do it's you just safest on the front than being thirtieth? How do you like you know when you start going back, and then you got to get to the front again? I could never do that. Like you guys make this look so easy. It's like an it's an absolute joke. Harry Tanfield can do it. You know we're like because um, once you lose your position and you get swarmed. I'll be like literally shit myself. Like, mm. But you start shaking your handlebars. Like, do you know that feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you get back to the front? Some people can just pick the way through, but I just go back out in the wind and just charge up and do 800 watts for 30 seconds, go back to the front. And then I'll, over the next 10 minutes, I'll go back to third. I just keep. So just it's keep, not beautiful. I, there's, not, there's nothing, there's no tactics or finesse involved. It's just inefficiency. Who's the best person tactically that you've ever ridden with who can just pick gaps and go around corners and you're, you're just like, fuck, if I could do that, I'd be like... I'd say, I, honestly, I'd say Jasper, my teammate Jasper. He's that he's good just that. He's always where he needs to be. And if, if if I fuck up and don't do my job, he's still where he needs to be. So it's just always like, yeah, you're just fucking good at this, aren't you? Really? <laughs> yeah. So another topic, because we've got to get through this today, because so much I want to talk to you about, Aero. So spoke to it by, with Jim Shaw quite a lot. He works with Dan Bingham and stuff. How do you feel about the whole aeroness and handlebars in and et cetera, et cetera? Is it, is it something that they properly drill into you now? I just have the opinion, don't sacrifice style for speed. <laughs> like, yes. I'd, rather, I'd, fist, ra- fist bump. I'd rather look good and be a bit slower than be like this big Gumby guy from Holland, Yanville and Van Schip with his bars that are like six centimeters wide. I was open about that. When I saw him, someone put it, Someone put that picture up, or did he put that picture up that was, of these uh, new handlebars? I put I put it on Twitter as a did joke. You, yeah. And, yeah. And I just put this should be bad. I actually got a phone call from the UCI because of my caption. F- I, fuck I, that. I did with a phone call from, um, what's his name? Used to be World TT champion. Mm. Aussie dude. Mick Rogers. What? And he, had, he said you need to take it down? No, no, but he just questioned me because I put, I think my caption was uh, UCI in the inverted commas or speech marks. Um, if you throw away your bottle, you get sentenced to death. And then I know. another I UCI know. quote. Um, but you can... So, someone else, and then I said, and then also the UCI, yeah, go ahead and use these in a peloton. I don't get my head around how anyone thinks it's like, how it's allowed to have those bars. <sighs> yeah. Number one, they're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, fucking terrible. They're absolutely, utterly disgusting. <laughs> and number two, you look like a fucktard. Um, like, how do you even corner on them? No idea. I've no idea, but then, yeah. Because like, surely, like, you're trying to get something that's not there, mate. Mm. Like, I don't know the guy. He's probably a nice guy. I'd have a beer with him. I'd have a drink with him. Fine, crack on. But you're obviously trying to sacrifice for me. That ain't really happening. Like, you know, just train harder, maybe, or do you really need to go to that level? Yeah. I mean, I've I've no problem with innovation or whatever, and like things moving, but you don't need to like, you don't need to go that far. That's like crossing the line a bit too far. I mean, you're like. People are now using like fancy chains for friction, friction savings, and no, uh, I did not know about this. Yeah, you know, like the ceramic speed stuff, all these oh, like yeah. the white, like that, that kind of stuff. Like that's now given on any bike in the peloton. Well, I don't mind that. I don't mind a chain that's quick. Yeah, that's all right. And was it ceramic jockey wheels? Yeah, and jockey yeah, wheels, yeah, yeah. bearings, wheel hubs. That's all like in a world tour team. That's just you've got all that. But um, it's just the yeah. When you start messing about with that, and you can tell these commentators right. You can tell that they don't like some don't like it and like, but they can't say anything, can they? Because they've got to be PC. Yeah, they've got to be like BBC left wing. Like, oh no, it's really good. It's definitely more of like a young rider thing now with like the narrow handlebars, like the levers turned all the way in. So you, you know, like you, you know, your Jasper Stuyvens, your fucking who else was on Trek that's a hitter? Nibbly. 
Yeah. All these other all these other people. They're all like, normal. Really? Normal people. If I you... was the nerd in Trek with Aero. Because I just because I understood it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to the extent of like having my handlebars like some weird way. I just had a normal setup, but Drink Nibbly would ever do that. Absolutely not. He's Italian. They love style. He would not be seen dead in an aero position on a bike. What's he like? What's he like? You know, is he has he got an aura around him? Yeah, he's just just nibbly, eh? I didn't really speak to him because I was afraid of him. But <laughs> what, what what do you mean? Because he's that good. He's that cool. Yeah, he's just what has he won every Grand Tour? It's like ah, I've seen you on TV. Does he eat? Yeah, he eats. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he eats. I, I, but, I saw him in Birmingham at the NEC Centre. He turned up with white Prada loafers. <laughs> Say the Italian style. Yeah, and I, he just looked. No one trying to pick what I'm trying to say here. You know what? What are these memes when you're trying to say something without saying it and you upload a picture? Yeah. He looked Italian. Tell me Italian without telling me you're Italian. Exactly. White Prada loafers. Unre he, he just looked. He just looked amazing. Yeah. But couldn't get over how thin he was in real yeah, life. So thin, isn't he? Yeah. Just like a tiny frame. He definitely wouldn't have been third artist in his year. He'd have got battered. <laughs> See that sounded scouts though. Battered. Yeah, he, he, he would have done. Um, God, being a team with Nibbly. But no, the arrow, the arrow stuff. It, do, but it does work, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure it does. I mean, you won the national time trial championships this year. Yeah, and the road race. Congratulations. Cheers. Uh, no, that is that is unbelievable. Like that is unbelievable to do. Like the double, you must have been buzzing. I wasn't. I, I didn't really. I always put pressure myself to win the TT because I know historically that's what I've always been good at. But then, like I said earlier, like I took my eye off the TT game a bit. Like and then I tried to get back into it this year, but it wasn't really working through. Like I was doing the wrong training. I actually went back to one of my old coaches, and then they acknowledged the problem and told me what I was doing wrong, and then just changed my training. But unfortunately, I, I reached out and asked for help a bit too late in the year. I asked start of September. And then what, said, do you, what do you think you were doing wrong? Well, I mean, I was just riding too hard all the time in like that no man's land, riding 300 watts everywhere, basically. In, in training? Pretty much, yeah. Just riding a bit too hard all the time and then kind of working the wrong energy system. I was doing like, I was riding too anaerobically rather than aerobically. So I kind of lost all my aerobic power, which is what you need for a TT. And then I was all like sprinty, one minute, two minute, three minute power kind of stuff. I used to hate training at that pace where you I used to honestly say, you know, when people just ride around, like keeping the chain tight and it's yeah. just tough. I used to hate that. I either did my hard stuff hard and my stuff easy. Absolutely never any of that in between shit. Yeah. I used to be, that's what I went back to because it actually works for me. Yeah. Doing that ride easier than when you need to and then ride hard when you have to. But I think that makes sense. I was just riding too hard all the time kind of thing. Like I was, say I was doing a five hour ride. I was coming back with 280, 290 watts average just for on an endurance day, just for no reason just doing it yeah you must be flying like you must be yeah. so we want to ride next to you but yeah. i was i was getting a kick out of it like what well, i mean one day i was supposed to do six hours but i didn't have enough time so i did five hours as hard as i could well not as hard as i could but i just rode through and watched five hours to see could i do it and it's like oh, i did it nice one let's go home <laughs> you won the national time trial and you won the road race so you're gonna have two personalized jerseys this season on, on your back which is gonna be absolutely mega especially going into a new team it, it was really cool oh yeah have you seen the jerseys yet yeah i haven't i mean i got have what, done a good job they they have done a very good job yeah but you're just saying that you're just no, saying no, that. No, 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 i'm really happy with it i'll show you a picture of it when we're done <laughs> but um one design i had got forbidden i wasn't allowed it because of like politics in ireland then you're not allowed to have the tricolor on the chest which is what i wanted to do something different you know like how the, the italian jersey is a tricolor because mm -hmm. it's the country's fucking flag mm -hmm. but and it's also ireland's flag is a tricolor and you, you're you, not allowed it no 
Why is that? This could be one of the times that I need to be careful because I'll get myself in oh, trouble. Really? But you <laughs> yeah, can't say too much. Though. Not really, no, because of a small minority in the north of Ireland. But I can't. Uh, yeah, for that reason, you can't really. Can't, yeah. yeah, I can't actually. You can, you can, well, because of the, this is obviously a past and a history and stuff. But uh, yeah, I I wanted to run the tricolour, but it just wasn't allowed by the Cycling Federation. Well, that brings me on to women's prize money, Ryan. <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. Like, I do want to have this conversation with people at some point because so many people like want to talk about it, but they don't dare talk about it. And it's like, well, as long as like people don't talk about it, nothing's going to get done about it. But anyway, that's for another day because we'll just both get in trouble for that shit. Yeah. But look, 2022 looks like it's going to be going. Like, what are your aims? Like, what are you going to... You don't strike me as someone who, you know, this is kind of like a mental health podcast and like trying to find out whether you, you get down and stuff and you don't seem to get down. You look fucking... <laughs> you, you look like you just... Do you ever have bad days where you just feel? Yeah, big time, mate. Uh, I think everyone has bad bad days, yeah. Bad periods, bad patches. Like I don't You just seem I, very cocksure. You seem very you seem very like uh you're the type of guy who would organise a night out when he'd take the bull by the horns. <laughs> I can't organise fucking anything, mate. That's G. We got married, I don't even know the first thing we had to do. Really? Yeah, she did it all. Organised everything, yeah. Serious. Yeah. Bought a house this year. I didn't do a thing. Houses are a fucking nightmare. Like she did it all. My my PA, as you say. And she paid. And did she pay for the whole holiday? Yeah. Are you joking? Sure. You pay for the whole holiday. She paid for the whole holiday and bought a Hublot on the way. Fucking <laughs> hell! BC, are paying you too much. Um, <laughs> she got no. She got hard. She's got like fifteen jobs. Twenty twenty two. Like pin your fucking flag to the mask here, Ryan. Like, what do you want to do? What are your aims? Or is it just to serve the people your best you can? It's a bit, it's a mixture of both. I mean, I know my job. I'm going there to lead out Sam, help Sam where I can. He's had a tough year, hasn't he? Yeah. Didn't help with his fucking boss either, but. I thought he was a hero, like a bit of a legend, like, you know, silver-haired fox looks kind of cool, speaks how he wants. But then, um, anything to do with Belgium, I'm kind of a bit of a weirdo, like, get a hard on over that. But then I find of, um, he said a few weird, he said something about, like, Lizzie and women's cycling, which, fair enough, like, you know, whatever. And then he said something about Mark Cavendish in Cycling News, which I was like, you can't say that about Mark Cavendish. Yeah. And then the way he's just tried another American rider of quick step who's left. He, I don't know, he just seems to be a little bit kind of like, look, I, and I don't want to put you in a position where you're going to, you know, you're going to get in trouble. I do want to put you in a position. Where... <laughs> <laughs> um, just it's a miracle. I've still got a job at this stage and my bad things I say. But fair play to Sam Bennett because I'd love to talk to him actually because he's, he's handled... It all with fucking decorum. Yeah, he has to be fair, hasn't he? You know what I mean? He hasn't done what he hasn't gone on social media, he hasn't done any videos. He he seems to have been like proper respectful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely handled it a lot better than probably I would or yeah, anyone I, yeah, else in yeah. that situation would. So yeah, fair play. I mean, he's getting roasted on social media, he just kept quiet and he yeah, came back racing, did his doing his best. I actually I tried to help him with the nationals actually, but then the course was just insanely savage. Do you think it did affect him this year? Do you think he's, it's hit him hard or do you think he's, is he quite a tough character? I think he's tough and he's been around, carries a lot of pressure in his role on the team because he goes to a team Just to, to win, win. Yeah. races. So I think dealing with that over a couple of seasons, you just learn how to handle pressure and external stress differently. So I think, I think if you put him in a, on a bike, it'll still, he'll still be ready to win a bike race. Like, I mean, off the bike, I don't, I don't know if it's affected. I'm sure it would have done like in the moment, but now I think everything's, everything's got a line under it now. So I think put it behind you and move forward. Even in the training camp last week, it's off season. 
he, he was upset he wasn't able to train to get back to where because obviously he lost a bit of fitness with his knee injury but like fair play october when he was stressed about not not being able to ride his bike because yeah, it was fucking snowing where we were but and what's he, where does he live ireland he's in monaco Oh, I've seen a picture of him and Nicholas Roach. Are they quite good mates, him and Nico Roach? Yeah, yeah. Nico is another, he's another cool dude. Got a man crush on Nico. Well, do you know what? I didn't, like, I wasn't that bothered about him, to be fair. But then you told me about that. So I followed him on social media, and uh, which is, you know, you shouldn't really do with that. <laughs> but uh, he has got a pretty cool motorbike, hasn't he? Oh, he's just, everything he does is cool. Everything he does is cool. I just want to be him. <laughs> you were never on the same team as no, him. No, no, I wish you were. We became very good friends in the last, like, Two or three years. You know, he's like at Worlds, see him every year. Room with him in 2016 Worlds. We just like, you spend time together in your room. You go and do things. You go and go for coffee. What's he like then? Is he? He's just no. He's just a normal guy. He's just Nico, yeah. And he, what's refreshing is like, he's obviously in the last few years, he was getting on a little bit in years. He's obviously been insanely good in the past. Like he's been top 10 in Grand Tours with Hell Leaders jersey in Grand Tours. Ripped the fuck. Yeah, just shredded. Shredded yeah. the fuck. Yeah. yeah. We can plank for like four hours probably, but yeah, we just we we got on really well, and we actually we said to each other we were sad that he wasn't either pro late or I wasn't pro earlier, like because we could have spent like a lot of time together. That's nice, that, isn't it? Yeah, so it's not all dick measuring, is it? In, no, in you, you, you make friends. You need friends in cycling because cycling's actually a shit sport. Like it's hard. Yeah, and it is. you go you through some like back, absolute yeah. atrocities sometimes, like in the weather and the mountains and stuff, and you you just help each other finish to get round, and then you actually make pretty pretty good friendships and then obviously like team camps are always like like the october november camps are always like drinking sessions so like yeah they, yeah like you make good friends over a beer don't you can like, he have a drink does yeah. he like a drink Nick, yeah nico likes a drink yeah yeah I, everyone i'm friends with likes to drink <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why they're my friends mate i'm really thanks so much for coming over here today because i know you only got back from holiday this morning like that is that's commitment. That's proper commitment. <laughs> so, like, I really respect that because I know you're a busy guy. It's been so interesting, like, hearing about the little things that people don't know about. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the most that's the most exciting stuff, like, people don't hear about. And 2022 is going to be, you know, I hope it's a really good season for you. Like, I hope you really fucking smash it up. Yeah, me too. I hope so as well. And um, will you be doing the classics? Do you reckon you'll be doing, or will you be just doing, like, Paris Nice's, Torino Adriatico's? And... I've done the classics every year now since I've been in the World Tour. Like I did, I did Roubaix as a Neo Pro, which was <laughs> terrifying. Was it? Yeah, that was real scary. Um, but I, I think I've actually got to have a phone call tomorrow with my new team coach in the in Bora, and then um, go through the program. So he sent me the whole team's list of races, and he asked me what do I want to do. But obviously, there'll be some races that I have to do with Sam. Some races where like he just wants to hear my feedback for the year. Where do I want to do my own races and target things myself? Which is, it's nice to hear, like, they, they want to see where I want my own opportunities and they'll try and tailor the program around that. So, but I do understand, like, I've come to the team primarily to help Sam. So, are you going to miss riding a trek? I've got a specialized now, which is cool. But I mean, but what are they like? What was the trek part like? Because they look, I'm not being funny, they look like rapid. They are fast. Yeah. I remember the first time I sat on it, oh, it was insane. Like, when I went to disc break as well, I was, I was like, quite not for disc brakes at the time but then i got on this new aero track with disc brakes and it was just insane well one of the best bikes you've ever been on yeah without doubt yeah it was so good but the you're going to be going on to specialize abora and they're they're just as good aren't they yeah i mean i'm really really interested to see the difference what wheels is it roval is it Ro no, yeah it's, it's roval yeah yeah so it's like specialized on the company so yeah and what was trek what were trek on bontrager which were also very good there. very very good yeah what about zips uh, have I ridden, I've never ridden zips. What about lightweights? 
never I want to I want to ride them but yeah I've never have but they just look cool when I retire I'll get a set of spinnergies and lightweights and just well, rock yeah. around cafes yeah campag or what oh are you, are you not bothered definitely not tram no not tram <laughs> no it's about, yeah you always see these videos of people like slagging it off is it really that bad uh just fucks up more than it should do yeah there's good and bad parts of that every group is that really yeah yeah no but I've seen like loads of videos and social media people slagging off Shit, yeah. Yeah, what have I got? I don't have a bike because it got stolen. Wee! Fuck yeah. Like, you know when I said to you today, oh, could you just bring a like, jersey for this lad? I was like, it's going to say, oh, any chance of a bike? <laughs> got a spare bike. <laughs> I'll never give them back soon, actually. Sad. sad yeah, well, do, you, do you have to give your bikes back? Yeah, yeah well, they're not mine to keep, yeah. So if it's team property, I send it all back. I'll get it printed off a UPS label and send it back. Did you send them like some flowers or a letter to say thanks for the year? Like, I just sent, I sent like an internal email said thanks it's kind of weird it's, it's such an anti-climax you do four years and you make so many good friends even within the staff and then it's just yeah, but like you're gonna see him yeah you'll, you'll still see him on like the rolling circus that is professional cycling but it's just weird it's like you want like, you leave a job yeah you want to have a big party or whatever or like a leave and do yeah you, you don't, don't it's just like see you see i'm at the airport now bye and yeah. then that's it it's done that's that's one of the reasons why cycling is a bit shit isn't it? it's, it's just really weird it's like quite quite sad i realize because i i mean I left Cannondale, um, was it four years ago when I went to Trek, but I didn't get that feeling because I feel like I didn't bond as well. But obviously I've been with Trek four years, made some insanely good friends with staff and and riders. Um, so it was like really, it kind of felt like I was leaving school. Like you're nervous, yeah, but yeah. sad and excited at the same time. Like there was, I obviously left for certain reasons, but wanted to stay for other reasons, but then ultimately left because I have to do what's best for my my career. But like, it just felt weird how it, it just parted. It's like, well, that's it now. Well, that's good because that shows that you've got, you know, you're human. Yeah. And, you know, be a bit weird if you weren't bothered. Yeah. yeah. But uh, did Bar offer you more money? Come on, let's get down there. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. that? Yeah. Loads more? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, look, Ryan, thank you for coming. We've, we We made it happen. I didn't think we were going to at some point. No, I wanted to make it happen. Did you? That's yeah. that's, that's nice of you. That thanks for that, man. Just 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 the time. Like I'm always away. Like it's just hard. I know. Uh, I know you look up to me as a as a rider. Yeah, inspiration. <laughs> and, like uh, Rocky Balboa. I know. Yeah, I do miss racing. I loved it. Yeah. Like I seriously loved it, but it's the commitment getting back into it. Yeah, you go through that. Fa- I go through that phase every year. At some point, like yeah, I think everyone does. It's just like ah, winter. Yeah, winter or getting back after off season, like oh. mud guards. Yeah, just the first week or two weeks back, you just you don't feel like an athlete. You try and get back into it. You got to go through the motions just to kind of get back. And then it's not it doesn't you don't feel like yourself again until it's Christmas time. And then you have a bit of time off over Christmas. A little bit of time off, then you got the next team camp. But it just the whole season happens so fast. Before you know it, really, you're back in shape. When I get fit, I'd love to go out for a spin with you over, over Delft. Because yeah. you know I'm only here, so we're not that far away. So. Yeah. But thank you for coming. Thanks for. I know today you had to get the you know the flight this morning, so that's huge respect for that. And look, I wish you all the like the very 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 best for 2021. Cheers, thanks very I'll much. I'll be looking out for you. Nice one. I'll be sending you messages. <laughs> <laughs> get me in for a podcast when I win Roubaix. <laughs> yeah. Oh fucking hell! Amazing. Look, Ryan. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, mate. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify.